the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, as well as the Unite, i.e. Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free, and prosperous. This is our first show of 2024. We made it through 2023 and we are still on the air. So that it, it's like the equivalent of getting up and standing, being able to stand up in the morning. We're still here. We're still fighting. Um, this could be a, this could be a, this may be the or one of the most crucial years in American history. Uh, maybe ranking up there with 1776 when we almost we're down and out for the count in the American Revolution, maybe the beginning years of the civil shooting civil war of the 1860s. But things are on the line now from the open border and 10 million illegal aliens. We have no idea who they are or where, or where they're or where they're from other than just they're from everywhere. Um, $34 trillion worth of national debt. We just passed $33 trillion in September of 23. And we're in, in December, we're past $34 trillion of debt. Uh, the education system, uh, the, there was just a poll in the, a couple of weeks ago that 30% of young people have a positive view of Osama bin Laden. Like, where is that coming from? Now, how, how how deep that knowledge is, if you asked him anything about, what do you know about him? Probably not very much. But just that it would be, have a positive view as exemplary of our government-run schools and so-called universities. Although there was perhaps one little bit of, of, of positive news in this past week when Harvard President uh, Claudine uh, Gay was pressured to resign for giving a... Uh, Equivocal answer on whether it was, you know, was it, was it, was it okay if you're at Harvard University to say, kill the Jews? Just, well, it, it, it's going to depend on context. And then it came to light that she had numerous in, instances of, of plagiarism. And with donor pressure, um, she was, she, she resigned this past week, although she gets to keep her $900,000 per year salary. And in fact, in her, um, in her parting speech, she concluded her speech by saying, uh, you're not going to have Claudine Gay to kick around anymore. Hopefully there's someone out there that's old enough to get that joke. Anyways, very pleased this week to welcome back to the show Susan Shelley, who is a columnist and member of the editorial board of the SoCal News Group, which has 11 newspapers including the Orange County Register and locally here in the Inland Empire, the Redlands Daily Facts, San Bernardino Sun, um, and the Press Enterprise. Her work is also on her own website, Susan Shelley, S-H-E-L-L-E-Y dot com. And she is on Twitter at Susan underscore Shelley. 
Also, she's also a vice president with the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, who have a never-ending battle to uh, against the tax raisers here in California. So with that introduction and my attempt at humor, welcome to the show. Thank you, Greg. Great to be with you. Yes. So I'm sure you're not old enough to have actually heard it in person, but but did you know what I was referring to with we're not going to have <laughs> Claudine Gay to kick around anymore? Yes, it was what Richard Nixon said when he lost an election before he started winning the elections. So, yes, he, yeah. he was going to get out of politics and stop the press from writing about him. Yes. After that was 1962. So after losing by by vote fraud, by the way, to uh, Kennedy in the 1960 presidential election, he ran for governor of California and was beaten by Edmund Brown, Jerry Brown's father. At which point, he gave a press conference and said, "You're not going to have Richard Nixon to kick around anymore." And so you, you're never you're never out for down and out forever if you don't give up. Uh, in 1968, Richard Nixon was elected president of the United States. Well, anyway, you know, Richard so, Nixon was on four national tickets. He he was he was on the ticket as Eisenhower's vice president, and then he ran in 1960 for president. And then he ran in 1968. He ran in 1972. He was on the the national ticket five times. I mean, that's a lot of knowledge that you pick up along the way about every state in the union and every industry and every voter group. So he was a, he was a tremendous resource in his retirement for many other presidents, and he wrote a lot of books. He's someone whose intellect, I think, is greatly respected for all that people say nasty things about his presidency. He he signed a lot of significant legislation, some of it more liberal than some of us would like. And he's he, I think he's greatly misunderstood in the popular culture. Yeah, um, I, I, I think the, the Watergate stuff kind of, kind of pales in... Uh... In comparison, you know, supposedly, you know, that he had uh, helped, he had covered up the, his, um, he wasn't involved in the original break-in, but he would it covered up the involvement of his campaign. And then you got today where, you know, Hillary Clinton and her staff take hammers to their cell phones, and that's okay. Uh, the Mueller team that investigated Donald Trump, 30, more than 30 of their cell phones were accidentally Reset to factory to factory issue, erasing all the contents. But that's but that is that is all okay. Um, first yeah. topic is this: California. You know, just you know, old enough to remember November of twenty two, when California and 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 uh, Newsom were, were, were trumpeting that we had a hundred billion dollar surplus, and here we are, a little more than a year later. And notwithstanding the highest income tax, the highest state sales tax in the country, the highest gas and diesel taxes, and the worst roads in the country, um, with uh, even though the, we have Prop 13, the actual property tax bills are the 11th highest in the country, and so on, we now have a $68 billion budget deficit, and it's probably going to get larger. Probably What's is. going on there? Well, we have this up and down situation with California revenue because it's very dependent on the upper income brackets. It's a, it's the quote progressive tax code, which is 13.3% top rate for the highest income earners in California. And even below that, it gets, you don't have to make all that much money to be paying nine or 10% of your income in, in income tax to the state of California. When people leave the state in those income brackets, it puts a hole in the budget 
and that's what's happened. A lot of people have left, and they've left in those upper income brackets, and these businesses are leaving, and all of their employees are out of work, so you lose tax revenue there. But the other part of the story is overspending, that we have a budget that I think has just tripled in in a, a relatively short number of years, and it's over $300 billion. And some of it is proposed spending that hasn't gone out the door yet. For instance, Uh, In 2022, Governor Newsom pushed the legislature to approve more than $50 billion in so-called climate spending, which included a lot of subsidies for electric vehicles and that kind of thing. That's not all out the door, so that could be pulled back and should be, because if we've got $50 billion in climate spending committed, but we have a $68 billion deficit, I think that would probably go far to uh, reduce some of that shortfall. To, un- mm-hmm. to undo some of those subsidies that we really don't need because they don't accomplish anything. But we need to save the planet. Yeah, about that. Yeah, whatever we do in California for the climate is just modeling good behavior for the rest of the world. And if you think China and India and the rest of the world care what we're doing in California and are thinking, gosh, we want to be fashionable like that state where the Kardashians live, I don't think so. I don't think they want our high electricity costs and our unreliable electricity because it's intermittent. It's based on solar and wind, which are consistently insufficient and supplemented by natural gas, nuclear, large hydroelectric, none of which count as, quote, renewable. So it's a scam on the people of California to try and force people to electrify their appliances and their vehicles, thinking it's going to change anything on the planet. China and India are building more coal plants because they want cheap, reliable, affordable energy. And so that offsets anything we're going to do here in California. No, and then they have, then they have this this scheme of of offshore wind, mm-hmm. and according to their point, to get the amount of electricity that they would they would need that they plan to get, they would need to build twenty five hundred huge offshore windmills that from the base under the water to the top of the blade were the length of two aircraft carriers anchored in four thousand feet of water with electrical lines running to the shore. And of course, it only you know it only they work only when the when the wind blows, and you know just I mean, just saying it she realizes that the uh, the insanity and the absurdity of it, even if the government was competent enough to be able to execute such a project, and their evidence is all to the contrary, that the current California government would be completely and totally unable to execute such a project. Absolutely, but they've decided to create a market for it with your tax dollars. So they're, they've assigned, they've created a new government agency. I think it's in the Department of Water Resources. I'm not sure about that. And it is going to be buying and marketing this, this wind power so that there's a market for it because investors said, we don't think this is a viable thing and they wouldn't invest in it. And so the project wasn't moving forward. So the state of California jumps in and says, gosh, this is great. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna be the market for this with people who don't have a choice, the taxpayers. So there you go. Mm-hmm. You know, and, I, yeah, and at some point the tax, as we just talked about, at some point the taxpayers start leaving. Mm-hmm. And, um, increasingly, you know, it, and you can maintain your existing home in California. You just, you just have to stay here in California less than 50% of your, of, of the time. And you're not paying California income tax, and you can relocate elsewhere. And many of us, myself included, at least 97% of what I do, I could do anywhere in the world 
where I have a phone and an internet connection. And I think there's a lot of people, yourself is probably the same way. Is you most of other than coming and speaking to groups like ourselves, but all of your writing. Well, I'm not leaving California. You could do. You you could you could do that anywhere. Um, I'm not leaving California. Okay. I'm I'm sticking here. We have to fix this state. Going down with the ship. Not leaving. Going down with the ship. (laughs) I'm not going down with the ship. We're rescuing the crew and the passengers. Okay. Especially the passengers who are along for the ride while the while the crew is wrecking <laughs> is, is steering us into icebergs. The passengers are drowning, but we're going to rescue everybody because all of these problems can be fixed. We were talking about the climate spending. We could stop the climate spending. We could stop the targets for changing over to this unreliable intermittent electricity at huge costs. You know, we have this new law from 2022 that says we have to have income graduated electricity fixed charges. So good luck with that. Good luck with that. It's, it's a sort of, it's a way of trying to say electricity is so expensive because of the infrastructure that we're making these utilities build for these climate mandates. It's so expensive that people can't pay the bill. So what are we going to do? We're going to create income-based electricity fixed charges to try and get rich people to pay more so everybody else can pay less. Well, that's like the income tax. How much of that are you going to do before people just bail on the state? So these are these are signs that the policies are failing and they have to be reversed. They can't be fixed. They can't be extended. They can't be bandaged. They have to be reversed. And they can be, and then we would be better off. So all these things are fixable. We need to take a, take a break here. But when I come back, we're going to ask you the question, do the passengers on the SS California, I mean Titanic, want to be rescued? But first, let's hear from Ed Hoffman of United American Mortgage, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage and host of the main event right here on AM590, The Answer. Mortgage rates are up, but credit card rates are way higher. And credit card balances have hit an all-time high as inflation puts the squeeze on everyone's budget. Not to mention how auto loan rates and payments have gone through the roof. Let me point out, it doesn't matter how low your existing mortgage interest rate is if you can't make the payments on everything else. Are you wondering what to do? Do you need some financial strategy? Want to talk to someone who thinks like you? Call me at 855-640-2020. We'll discuss a strategy that works for you today and also considers what happens when the interest rates drop as we move into the inevitable recession. To have that discussion, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, Unite, i.e. Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups. Very pleased this week to have Susan Shelley on the show with us. She's with the SoCal News Group, both a columnist and on the editorial board. She's also a vice president with the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. And we were talking about whether, uh, whether, 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 whether she's going to go down with the SS California or whether we're going to be able to save the ship and save, and save the, and save the passengers. And, um, she made two points. Which one point is the crew is trying to wreck the ship. The crew is not trying to save the ship. The crew and the captain are trying to wreck the ship. But do the passengers of SS California want to be saved. 
And thus far in how they're voting, there is scant evidence, despite all electricity rates are double the national average, the tax burden that we talked about in our first, in our first segment, um, the lousy schools, the worst roads in the country, the highest gas prices in the world, in the, in the country, um, rising crime, mass looting of stores, and so on. But there is scant evidence that the passengers want to be saved, that they want, that they want to prevent the SS California from going down. How do you get, how do you get, how do you get the passengers to want to save themselves? If, 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 if they, if they don't, if they don't mind paying electricity that is double the cost of the national average, they don't mind paying gasoline at about a dollar fifty a gallon more than the rest of the country. How do you make them care and change how they vote? Well, one thing that has to happen is they have to, they have to have some of this stuff explained during political campaigns. And we don't really have that happening because the opposition party, the Republican party has not made the case to people that there are better policies. They sort of are afraid of being called names. And so they say, well, yes, we're for green energy and all of this stuff, but and then they never quite explain what they would do differently. They say, well, you know, we don't think this is really working, but, well, put forward a plan and sell it to the voters during an election campaign. What the, what the party has decided to do, I'm sad to say, is sort of surrender on all the major marquee races for, uh, U.S. Senate, for governor, not just now, but in the past. And, and because they've done that, and they concentrate their efforts on winning just one or two legislative races and maybe some nonpartisan races in city councils, you don't get that big stage to talk about what the policies could be. So the voters are not informed. And, of course, the other part of it is that most of the press, most of the media, is thoroughly on board with this climate stuff, almost to the point, well, actually beyond the point of propaganda, where if you raise contradictory points they won't publish it they they don't even want to see it because they are so invested in this idea that the planet is boiling over and unless california does all of the things it's doing we're all going to die actually the planet's not boiling over this is normal climate if you go back far enough you'll see that there was global warming before there were people driving around it wasn't because people used too much hairspray and wrecked the ozone it wasn't because people were driving to work in the prehistoric eras, but we had ice ages and warming periods and ice ages and warming periods. This is the climate of the earth. And even if we starved ourselves to death and shut off the lights everywhere on the earth, it probably wouldn't make any difference. So what are we doing in California? Somebody has to explain this to people that the bills they're paying are because of the policies they think they support. But if nobody's going to explain that because everybody's afraid of being called names, then what are the voters supposed to do? How are they to know? Mm-hmm. And you, 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 look at the, you look at the polling, and the polling is in California, it's, yeah, you're going to run in roughly in the 60% range on anything kind of a generic global warming. Yeah, it's, an important, it's an important issue. We need to go to net zero, blah, 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 blah. The only part is, is when it comes to, how much are you willing to pay out of your pocket? Do you get any dissent from that? And that's certainly yeah. okay. And, and you, you may have to write, you have to hit on hit on that point. But I think that 
when you let their narratives, when you let their lives, lies become the truth, then you're, you're, you're just behind the curve and you're, you're losing. So we, our side was never willing to take on the, take on the basic proposition that there is no human caused global warming or to the extent there is any, it's not a serious problem. That, as you just pointed out, there have been times when the Earth was entire, almost entirely frozen over, and there have been times when the when the polar ice, when there were palm trees and alligators in the Arctic. Uh, all before we ever did, before, before, before it was our fault. <laughs> all before there was any humans or or human or, or human technology. That's right. Before you had a gas stove, this was going on. Yes. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, okay. And CO2, you have this, you have this trace gas. Right. It is 0.04%. Four one hundredths of 1% of the atmosphere. And most of that is naturally occurring. So the human caused yes. portion of that 0.04% is also a small fraction. And the idea that in this complicated, uh, Earth's climate of all sorts of factors of ocean currents and clouds and the solar radiation and the tilt of the air, all these sorts of things that this 0.04% trace gas is the control valve. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really ludicrous if you look into it. But the politicians like it because it enables them to scare people and raise taxes, and that's really what's going on. Can, and control. You, and control. And, and, and it's, it's a global problem, so it overrides individual rights. And if you, if you know anything about collectivism and these different forms of government that are in that realm of collectivism, like communism and socialism, and even to some extent the extended welfare state, it's all dependent on making people willingly give up their individual rights for what Mm -hmm. they are told is a greater good. And nothing does that faster than fear. If you're scared out of your wits, you can't even think rationally. And so we have seen this again and again, sadly, in recent years, where the government has ginned up fear on purpose for the purpose of control. And that's really bad because now we have people who are so anxious and depressed and they're calling it a mental health crisis. Stop telling everybody it's the end of the world and watch people calm down. The other aspect of it, of course, is essentially none of these people that are running around saying it's an existential crisis reflect that belief in one iota in their own lifestyles. Exactly right. Big houses right in the middle of the water, not yes. worried at all about sea level rise I mean, at the yes. Obama estate. Yeah, I mean, there's always a level of human hypocrisy, but you would think that some of these people, if they really believe this, would lead by example. And of course, essentially, and maybe there's some example out there that I don't know of, but essentially all of them from Obama on down do not reflect it at all in their lifestyles. It's uh, let them eat bugs. You know, used to the the, 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 the refrain of the of the uh, of the of uh, Versailles before the French Revolution. Uh, someone someone said there was uh, <clears throat> let them eat cake. Well, now it's let them let them eat bugs and take the bus. Right. <laughs> well, we're not going to eat bugs, yeah. and the bus isn't isn't really an option for most people. So, well, you know, um, they they're. they're it, you and I aren't going to ha- aren't going to dig into some bugs tomorrow, but when you take a longer term perspective, and they run this, and they 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 always you see this, and they're starting in the schools. The idea of doing this, um, we'll see. 
um, whether they can train people to, uh, to eat bugs. And of course, if that's all you got, if it's that or starve to death, then, um, people may be more amenable to it. Well, right, I got, hope that, I hope that people don't want to starve to death. That's all the time we have for this segment of Unite IE Radio. Uh, stay tuned for the exciting second half of Unite IE Radio, and we'll see what other thought crimes we can commit. Back after this. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen, followed closely by your friendly neighborhood radio talk show host, that would be me, Greg Britton, with the Redlands Two Party Patriots and the Unite, i.e. Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups. Oh, we're very pleased this week to have back on the show Susan Shelley, who is a columnist and on the editorial board of the SoCal News Group, and they publish 11 newspapers, including in our area, the Redlands Daily Facts, San Marino Sun, and the Press Enterprise. She's also a vice president with the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, who wage a never-ending battle to protect our money from the tax raisers in Sacramento, as well as in your local uh, city hall. Uh, Howard Jarvis has, you have an initiative you're trying to qualify, and you have one that you qualified that the state is trying, that, that Newsom and the Democrats are trying to take off the ballot. Let's start with the one you're trying to qualify. Repeal the death tax. Repeal the death tax. Everybody probably remembers that in 2020, there was something on the ballot that looked like it was about protecting wildfire victims. And that was Proposition 19. And there was $50 million of advertising spending to convince you that that was just about protecting wildfire victims and seniors looking to move to a new home and keep their old tax bill. Well, it was, and it did, and that's fine. But in the fine print was the removal of the ability of parents to transfer property to their kids without a change to the tax bill. So now when parents transfer property to their kids, it's reassessed to current market value. And this applies to all property, little businesses, duplexes, vacation cabins, any kind of income property at all, a small apartment building. You used to be able to transfer that to your kids with no change to the tax bill. You could transfer your home of any value plus up to a million dollars of assessed value of other property, and it was not counted as a change of ownership, so you would keep the old tax bill, which can only go up. The assessed value can only go up 2% a year under Prop 13. That's gone now. And the property's reassessed to market value. The only exception is the principal residence of the parent can be transferred and become the principal residence of the child within one year. And then you get a break for $1 million of value. But above that, if it's worth more than a million dollars plus the current value, current taxable value, it's that part is reassessed. So you could get a tax increase anyway. And it's crushing people crushing them as they're getting these bills for $13,000, $15,000, And they have to pay it even if they don't owe it, because in many cases, the assessor's offices are so far behind on processing these claims, which are complicated and take a long time, that they're being told they have to pay these taxes, and then on appeal, they can eventually get it back. Well, how many people can do that? How many people can pay twelve or fifteen or $50,000 a year and wait to get that back. It's crushing people. This is a tax increase that applies to people who have just lost a parent on family property that they own. 
It's taxing people out of their legacy properties. And it's so wrong because people did not know that this was in there. And it slipped through. And they're finding out about it when they get the letter from the tax assessor in the mail with the sympathy cards. It's horrible. We're fixing it. We need a million signatures, and you can help. You can go to repealthedeathtax.com and download an official legal petition. It's one page, letter-sized paper. You download it. You print it. You fill it out and sign it. You mail it to the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. Complete instructions are in the file. And the address, a little mailing label that you can tape to the envelope, repealthedeathtax.com. Do it today. We're trying to get them all back in the office by the 16th of January so we have time to process this and drive them to all the counties. has to be on paper. has to be with ink. No digital signatures are allowed for this kind of thing. So print it, sign it, mail it. And let's reverse this tax increase, which is the biggest property tax increase in the history of California, and no one even knows it happened. We have to fix this. Mm-hmm. And this is, a, this is a fairly recent change in the law. I'm not sure why the Democrats let this, did this, but they did. Is used to be you'd have to have it printed up, and it would all have to be, everything would have to be the signatures, and the actual text had to be on one piece of paper. So you had to go to a special printer, and then you'd put this big, huge sheet of paper and have to be folded up just right so it would be an eight and a half by 14, and you could have it on a clipboard to sign. But now, now it's, it, it's become a lot easier. And this opens up some potential here, some potential here in California that, that our side has not exploited is there were, Donald Trump got roughly six million votes in 2020 in California. Now, that was, that, that was only about 40% or less of the, of the total vote, but six million votes is way more than enough to qualify any state constitutional amendment, even if they, even if they had a 50% signature rejection rate, two million signatures is enough to qualify anything. And if all you got, so it's how do you connect up? And no one, and no one, no one has done that yet. How do you connect up six million Donald Trump voters and initiatives that you put in front of them, the vast majority of them are going to sign it. Well, it's a question of getting the word out to everybody. And, of course, California is a very big state, very expensive to advertise, big, expensive media markets, a lot of voters to reach. It's First-class mail is very expensive. Even bulk mail is very expensive. So this is a challenge, and it's a challenge to explain what's happened. But it's not undoable. You know, we're getting huge boxes of petitions coming back into our offices in the Sacramento office of Howard Jarvis right now. People are doing this. And we're running radio commercials statewide trying to to explain what's going on, that, that California has a death tax and it could cost tens of thousands of dollars a year if you get stuck with this on your own property. And and we can do something about it. We can use the initiative process to repeal this part of Prop 19, and that's what we're going to try to do. We're doing a radio show every Friday night on KSFO and KSFO.com, so you can hear it wherever you are in Southern California on KSFO.com. Friday nights at 6, we're talking about all of this, all of this stuff about generational wealth and how this affects affordable housing and people who rent, who are in a building. There are millions of units that are in Buildings that are one unit, like a house or a condo, or two to 19 units. Millions of households 
that could be affected by this because if they're mom and pop owned and mom and pop pass away and the building is inherited, the property tax will be reassessed to current market value, which is crazy high in California and no one can control it. And it's pushed up by inflation, which no one can control. And therefore people are being taxed They have to pay these bills with real dollars on these paper profits in order to keep their property. So many people are being forced to sell. Our measure is retroactive. So if we can get it on the ballot and if it passes and we're confident it will pass, if we can get it on the ballot, it's retroactive. And everyone who was burned by this measure will be able to get their original assessed value reinstated so that it will be as if it didn't happen. We can't get refunds on taxes that were owed, but we can get the assessed value reinstated so people will be able to keep their property and not lose all of that work that their parents put in trying to trying to help the next generation, which is everybody's right, is to take care of their family. And taxes shouldn't jump in on middle class people and push them out of the middle class because somebody thinks, oh, well, we don't like it when people have a tax break. We don't like that. We want all the money. Well, that's just not right. Yep. And that's repealthedeathtax.com. Because California... Download the petition. In, in, thus far in California statewide races, for candidates, you know, an R and a D next to the names, it's, it, it varies a little bit, but it's roughly 60% D, 40% R, and it really almost doesn't even matter the candidate. And not saying it even really matter how hard the Republican candidate campaigned or doesn't campaign. I've seen that in congressional and legislative races in our area is that the Republican candidate may try really, really hard and they get about 40 percent. And the another candidate comes along, gets their name on the ballot, and it's they get about 40 percent. Just because the Repu- when the Republicans go vote, they look down the list. Oh, and they vote. OK, here's the R. Now vote for that person. But on initiatives, it's different. So you look back and some examples of it, their property tax increase on business failed. The uh, Prop 16 in 2020, they wanted to reinst- they wanted to repeal Prop 209 and reinstate racial preferences. And it lost by a greater margin than Prop 209 passed in the 1990s even though the percentage of the, quote, minorities, unquote, has increased and the percentage of white people has decreased since it was originally passed. And there's other examples of this is the, the California electorate votes more like we, like we do once you take off the R and the D next to a candidate's name. That's very true. And, of course, we've seen, as you say, when, when these different ballot measures are put before the voters, they don't vote all blue, all all liberal. People don't want tax increases in California, but they're constantly told that if they don't agree to tax increases, the world's going to come to an end, which gets back to that scare tactic stuff that that they do all the time. Do you remember when Jerry Brown wanted to uh, raise taxes for the schools after the Great Recession? He said, we're going to have trigger cuts. If the voters don't approve this tax increase, here's the list of things we're going to cut. And it was like this guillotine on education and everything that you care about. And the idea that they could cut anything else that was wasteful or just administrative or bureaucratic or duplicative, not even in the conversation. Everything, the first dollar came out of the necks of school children. And, and people believed it. And they voted for the tax increase. So we had a big income tax increase and a sales tax increase. 
uh, and then it was temporary. It's always temporary, but then they made the income tax permanent with another measure, and they sell that by saying, well, this is not a tax increase. This no. is not a tax increase. No, it's the extension of a tax increase that was supposed to be temporary. Mm-hmm. But people people get very frightened when the government talks about making cuts because they always talk about cutting the top priority services instead of everything else that they waste your money on. Yes. Uh, supposedly a true story is the the uh, the National Park Service was once asked to you know come up with ways you could cut their budget, and the number one item on the list that they gave back was close the Washington Monument. <laughs> There's nothing else. There's yes. nothing else that they can do except that. That's the only thing that's wasteful is the Washington. Right. Everything else is important. Just that's the only thing they can cut. Yeah, this used to be called the fire the fireman first principle. That you, you, if you have to do budget cuts and you're a bureaucracy, you always look for the bloodiest, most painful, miserable thing to cut so that the most people die if yeah. people don't raise taxes. And that's mm-hmm. how they sell it to the voters. All right. Let's take a pause here and hear from Ed Hoffman again of United American Mortgage. And our other sponsor this half is uh, Gregory W. Britton, attorney at law, does business and real property law at 909-335-7335, 909-335-7335. I hear he's pretty good. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage and host of the main event right here on AM590, The Answer. Mortgage rates are up, but credit card rates are way higher and credit card balances have hit an all-time high as inflation puts the squeeze on everyone's budget, not to mention how auto loan rates and payments have gone through the roof. Let me point out, it doesn't matter how low your existing mortgage interest rate is if you can't make the payments on everything else. Are you wondering what to do? Do you need some financial strategy? Want to talk to someone who thinks like you? Call me at 855-640-2020. We'll discuss a strategy that works for you today and also considers what happens when the interest rates drop as we move into the inevitable recession. To have that discussion, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, Redlands Tea Party Patriots, Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups. Very pleased to be visiting with Susan Shelley of the SoCal News Group, where she's a columnist and a, on the editorial board. She's also a vice president with the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. And how much worse would things be in California if we didn't have Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association there to try to uh, fight back against the tax raisers. And you can see their website at hjta.org. And if you can kick in 15 bucks a year to be a member and support their work, that would be even better. Now, you have another initiative. You've already qualified the Taxpayer Protection Act that the the Democrats are trying to get the courts to take off the ballot, um, and we have a couple other things to talk about. So tell us briefly, if you would, what that what that initiative would do if we get to vote on it. Well, it would protect taxpayers and make the government more accountable. So, of course, the government doesn't like it at all. What it would do is create a statewide vote of the electorate for raising statewide taxes. So instead of just the two-thirds vote of each house of the legislature and the governor's signature, 
a tax increase would also have to go on the ballot for voter approval. And that probably would have protected us against the gas tax increase. If they had to come and sell that to the voters, it might never have happened, and we would all be better off without the gas tax increase. So there's that, and then it's closing a lot of loopholes that the courts have opened up. You know, local taxes for a special purpose are supposed to get a two-thirds vote of the local electorate. That's what Prop 13 says. That's what the courts have said. But in 2017, there was a giant loophole opened up that said, well, if the tax increase is put on the ballot by a citizen's initiative, maybe it doesn't need a two-thirds. Maybe it only needs a simple majority. And the appellate courts have upheld this Supreme Court dicta, this, this just sort of side comment that they made. The appellate courts have upheld this as the law which means that all these special interest groups are conspiring with government officials all throughout the state and local governments everywhere to put tax increases on the ballot by a so-called citizens initiative. And then the money is directed to the people who are out there collecting the signatures. So whether it's a teacher's union trying to get a pay raise for teachers or it's a transit union trying to get a pay raise for transportation to, to, to go to themselves, or it's the homeless industrial complex trying to raise taxes to direct the money back to their projects and their contracts. This is what we're seeing. And this has to be closed. So the Taxpayer Protection Act says a two-thirds vote means a two-thirds vote, no matter how it gets on the ballot. That's in there. It's on the ballot. has to say it's a tax increase and accountability that you can't delegate authority to some agency to raise taxes and call it something else. All of these things are taxes and they have to be approved by an elected official. So all of these things are part of the Taxpayer Protection Act. And needless to say, the government doesn't like it. And they're, they're saying it's the end of civilization as we know it if they can't raise taxes. Now, bear in mind, they can raise taxes by a simple majority vote for general purposes at the local level anytime they want to. They can put that on the ballot, say this is a tax for general purposes, here are some of the things we'll spend it on. It needs a simple majority vote. That's not what they want to do. They want to take something poll-tested, like, oh, this is going to fix homelessness, and they want to pass it with a simple majority instead of a two-thirds vote. That's not right. And so we are putting back what's already in the Constitution, and now the governor and the legislature have filed a lawsuit directly in the Supreme Court, an original writ in the Supreme Court of California, asking the court to knock this off the ballot so you can't vote on it. Rather than challenge it after it passes, they're saying we don't even want to take a chance to let the voters approve taxpayer protection because they might do it. That's pretty discouraging. Yes, the, uh, the, the, the loudest, the loudest, uh, self-proclaimed defenders of our democracy. Our democracy. Yes, their democracy, which means tax increases all the you time. You don't, uh, you don't want, uh, you do not want to let you have, um, have a vote on your taxes. I, I like what Newt New Gingrich said recently. He says, the word de- the democracy as used by the MSM and the Democrats simply means government run by Democrats. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. They they don't want anybody else in government to offer the voters an alternative view. And if if need be, they will indict and sue and do whatever they have to do to make sure that you don't have a choice on the ballot. Well, you know, they used to do this in Saddam Hussein's Iraq and we didn't approve of it. Yes. So I, I think uh, we, we have to we have to come to grips with what's going on in this country and do something about it. Yes. And, and the winner with 99.999% of the vote is? Yes, okay. Saddam Hussein, after all the opponents were thrown in the wood chipper. Yes. What are the odds? 
The um, speaking of the homeless industrial complex, tell us about most of the now. Usually, the initiatives are on the November ballot, but we got one coming up on the March five ballot, Proposition One, uh, net for you know for the uh, for the benefit of the homeless industrial complex. Tell us about this one. Yeah, Proposition 1 is not exactly an initiative. It didn't go on the ballot with signatures. It went on the ballot from the legislature and the governor. And what it does is take your money. It borrows $6.38 billion, which will cost the taxpayers about $12 billion, maybe more, with interest over 30 years. So it's $12 billion to buy 11,500 beds. Do the math on that. 11,500 beds. Now, this is called housing and it's called mental health housing. But once you call it housing in California, you're not allowed to have any requirement for sobriety or counseling. You can't have requirements for anything. It's the housing first policy, which is state law in California since 2016. So if it's publicly funded, you have this bed, but the person could be in the bed that you're paying for doing heroin and there's nothing you can do about it. That's their choice. Until they decide to get clean, they don't have to do anything and you have to pay for it. That's what Prop 1 is. It also takes the mental health services money from the so-called millionaire's tax, which passed about 20 years ago. That was Prop 63. It was a 1% tax on incomes above a million dollars to fund mental health services and workforce training in that field. And they're taking a third of, about a 30% or a third of that money and diverting it to housing, which is a double whammy because first it's that same thing with housing first. And you lose the money for mental health services, which are still badly needed. But it also forfeits the 50, the, the 50% federal match on mental health services. Because if it's provided under Medi-Cal, the federal government will reimburse or match those funds. But once you put that to housing, they won't. So you're losing federal funding. You're taking money away from mental health services. You're putting it in this housing first program, which is a demonstrated failure. Because under Housing First, you can't have any requirements at all for sobriety or anything as a condition of providing the housing. And the result is people bring their problems into these housing projects, and nobody gets well. And it's a, it's a catastrophe for all concerned. And, and really, this is a terrible idea. And to do it with $12 billion of tax money, borrowing $6.38 billion and paying interest on it for 30 years, it's just like project room key on steroids. It's a hotel room, basically, with services down the hall that no one's required to use, and the bill comes to you. Very unfortunate. I hope it can be defeated. But here again, people are concerned about homelessness, and if enough glossy mailers come to your house saying this is the this is the fix, and it's not a tax increase, that's what it's going to say. It's not a tax increase, but it's borrowed money, and we're going to have to pay it back ahead of all of our other needs. You can't wait on that. You, they, that has to be paid first. So I hope that people can see through it. I, I, yeah, I'm not optimistic, but I hope they can. You know, we, we say in the model of the show, the most important political office is that of the private citizen. And part of that is, be, is um, uh, being a wise consumer of political advertising or BS. And just because they, have, they put a, a nice name on something, uh, don't, don't, get, don't necessarily give them more of your money. And by the way, I, I, I did the math on that. And for basically a, a hotel room bed, the cost of this is $554,782 per bed. Yeah. And you that's know, a so big that, hotel somebody, Somebody's making money on that. 
You know, that's the thing. People are making money on this. There are people who are going to get the contracts to build them, and then there are people who are going to be the union labor because they've all got project labor agreements. So it's going to be the most expensive everything, the most expensive labor, the most expensive energy, the most expensive materials, and then there will be all these contracts for the service providers that pay their executives six-figure salaries to, quote, manage the problem of homelessness. This is an absolute I think the term is schmaltz grub. People just, they're just deep in the chicken fat soaking up the money here. And it's, it's unfortunate because we don't have the money in California. We're running a budget shortfall. This will not solve the problem. This is a failed policy funded to the nth degree with borrowed money. Mm-hmm. And people, and if you, just from just a threshold question. What is, the, what is the prospect of having the government spend more money that's going to improve anybody's mental health? What are the odds? Yeah, it's not going to help. Uh, the things that help, they won't do. Uh, they, they, they don't want to have any kind of uh, legal accountability that gives leverage to get people into treatment. They don't want to do that. They don't want to build hospitals. They could build hospitals. They could get a waiver from the exclusion that Medicaid has for paying for mental health services in a large hospital. We can get a waiver from that. They don't want a waiver from that. They they want to continue to do this community care, but community care doesn't work for everybody. Some people are so 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 much suffering from gravely disabling mental illness that they need hospitalization. They should be patients, not tenants, and the governor won't do that. So that's unfortunate also. Many people live like they do on the streets and use drugs and fentanyl and, and 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 other stuff and subject to crime and violence and sexual assault is not compassionate. It's profitable, but it is not compassionate. Uh, there's so much more we could get into. We got about 30 seconds left, so I'll just turn it over to you. Any close any closing thoughts? Well, the most important deadline coming up is for repeal the death tax. So go to repealthedeathtax.com and get the petition. You can download and print it and mail it back. Do it right now because we are at our deadline. We need them now. And also join the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association at hjta.org. Thank you so much, Susan, for being on the show and for your brilliant performance and presentation at the Redlands Tea Party Patriots meeting on Thursday night and uh, everything you do for the cause. And as always, tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. AM 590, the answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.